Welcome to the Lingostown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. In this week's sermon, Pastor George preaches about how pivotal circumstances bring us closer to God. This week's sermon was preached on April 23rd, 2023 at Lingostown Life. You ready? Let's get into today's message. Um, Have you thought about what you'd erase from your life? If you you didn't get here during the opening this morning, I was talking about a a hypothetical situation that a psychologist put to a group of people about, about erasing parts of the story of their hypothetical daughter before she is born. And, you know, what would you erase? And, and I, I really want you to consider, you know, if you look back at your life, is there something from the past that you would like to erase? But before, but before you erase it, I really want to challenge you today to think about the power of that moment and what it can mean for your life going forward. Now, the reason I start with that today is because what we're talking about today is is how we grow, how we grow spiritually, how we grow more and more into the image of Jesus. And I'm indebted today to, to a little book called Aha by Kyle Eidelman, and in that book, he makes this statement. And he says, the number one contributor to spiritual growth is not sermons. (laughs) And all the pastors in the world said, I don't agree with that. Um, You know, we we as pastors like to think that we say a lot of things and it, it helps you to grow. And maybe it does in a little way, but that's not the number one contributor to spiritual growth, nor is it books. And there are lots of good books out there, lots of good books that can help you to think about how you grow, but books are not the number one contributor, nor are small groups. As wonderful as small groups will be to your spiritual growth, they are not the number one contributor to spiritual growth. The number one contributor to spiritual growth are difficult circumstances. You, you know the old phrase, no pain, no gain? It's true in life. It's very true in life. Because if you want to grow, you will experience difficulties. You will experience trials. You will experience challenges. Because it's in those moments when you grow the most. Okay? If there was anything in my life that, that I could erase, probably the one thing that I would want to erase is the, the death of my dad when I was three years old. I mean, I would have given anything to, to, know, to know my father in, in the years that would have been formative to me. But, you know, that, that didn't work out. Uh, I, I, was, I was blessed to get a father when I was 12, when Ted came to our church, and he sort of took on that role. But, you know, uh, 
I, I wouldn't have learned about my heavenly father's love for me and, and the way that, that a heavenly father loves us. I think I wouldn't have learned that as deeply and as passionately had it not been for the fact that my dad wasn't there for those formative years of my life. So while I wish I could erase that, I don't want to erase it because there was something good that came out of it. And, and we could probably all sit here and think of things like that in our lives, difficult circumstances, difficult situations. And, and what I want you to hear today is that it's in the, it's in the challenges of everyday life that we really grow. Um, Andy Stanley, in, in his book, Deep and Wide, he identified five faith catalysts. These are, are five things that sort of propel our, our spiritual growth. And, and from his experience and that of others, uh, they determined, as they were putting this book together, that there are five catalytic experiences that nearly everyone has in common when it comes to moments of the greatest spiritual growth. Now, those five things are practical teaching, what you're getting today, private disciplines, the things that we personally do, uh, like reading our Bible, praying, fasting, you could go on and on with disciplines, personal ministry. Listen, if you've ever had to teach little kids, there is nothing that will grow your faith more than having to walk into a classroom of little kids. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and there are always openings here if you would like to help teach. Okay. So if you need to grow spiritually, maybe what you need to do is you need to, to go over here to Andy and say, I'll be glad to help. Okay. And she'll tell you that you learn a lot. You grow a lot, right? You do. Um, providential relationships, hey, you will meet people in your life who, who, will, who will help to propel your growth. And then the last one, pivotal circumstances or what we're focusing on today as those difficult circumstances that grow us. And, and while our first instinct may be to, to, to erase some of those pivotal circumstances, a Andy Stanley makes this comment in his book. He says, it isn't actually the event itself that grows or erodes our faith. It's not the event. But it's our interpretation of the event that determines whether it's going to grow our faith or whether it's going to erode our faith. And so he says this, he says, the conclusions we draw about God in the midst of our pivotal circumstances drive us toward or away from God. Toward God or away from God. And I want you to hear this. This applies not only to your life, but this applies to the life of everyone that you meet because everyone you meet is going through something. As, as I've said on numerous occasions, you're either going through something now or you just came through something or you're about to go through something. It's a pivotal circumstance. It is a difficult time. 
And it's in those moments that you and I and everyone else makes a decision about how we interpret God's work in our lives. And you and I have a front row seat to other people's lives. And that sort of takes us back to last week. Um, last week, we talked about how important it is to do life together as a disciple of Jesus. And if you remember, I said something last week along the lines of, if you're not experiencing transformation as a disciple of Jesus, you need to look around and ask yourself, who am I doing life with? Who am I doing life with? If you're not experiencing transformation as a disciple of Jesus, it's probably because there are not people in your life who are assisting you in that process. Okay? See, when life happens, when those pivotal circumstances interrupt our regularly scheduled life, what you and I need is we need the voices of other disciples who are going to speak into us, who are going to help us to discern the circumstances, and who are going to support us in the midst of the struggle. Because without a community of faith, we are far more likely to allow the circumstance to erode our faith than we are to build our faith. And when you think about the people in your life right now, when you think about the people that you go to work with, when you think about the people you go to school with, when you think about the people in your neighborhood, they are going through these pivotal circumstances right now. And they need someone like you, a person of faith, to come alongside them because they are going to have questions about God, and you may just be the person who needs to be able to speak into their life so that they know that they can be drawn closer to God by that circumstance rather than pushed away from God. So our relationships... Our relationships with people are so, so important. We're going to talk more about that next week as we figure out our calling to go towards other people. Now, I mentioned this last week. You and I have to take personal responsibility, okay? And when it comes to your growth, I can't spoon-feed you, okay? Nobody can stand up here and spoon-feed you for the rest of your life. You don't want to be a, a, a toddler stuck in a height chair. You need to be an adult who starts walking on your own two feet and feeding yourself. And that's part of what happens in spiritual growth, is you have to recognize that it's your responsibility. And you can't be passive. You have to take a step of faith. Now I'm getting ahead of myself. So what you need to have happen in your life is you need to have an awakening, you need some honesty, and you need to take action. Take those first three letters, put them all together, and what do you get? Aha! Seriously, that, that's the title of the book that I was referring to. It's called Aha. A-H-A. And it's just like when the light bulb goes on and you go, Aha! It is. That's when spiritual growth happens. The aha moment. Now, 
The first thing we're going to do this morning is talk about a story that you all know. Whether you ever were in church in your entire life, you know this story. In Luke chapter 15, there is a story about a father and two sons. We call it the story of the prodigal son. And in Luke chapter 15, we read this story about a young man who walks up to his dad and said, Dad, I wish you'd keel over and die because I want my share of the inheritance. Now, this father is really strange in the story because he said, okay. And he doesn't keel over and die. He probably sells off a piece of the property and he says, here, take it. And what does that son do? The reason we call him the prodigal son is because he takes off and he leaves behind his community which is made up of his family and all of the people around their family. He lays aside their rules and their regulations, and he figures, I can take care of myself, myself. And it wasn't long after he left home that he had spent all of his inheritance, and he learned a very important lesson that when the money runs out, so do the people that the money attracted. When the money runs out, so do the people that the money attracted. Always remember that. So this young man <laughs> decides that the only way he's going to eat is if he starts feeding pigs. Now, Stop and think about that for a moment. If you're a good Jewish boy, you don't want to be anywhere around the bacon, right? Okay? But that's what this young man has, has brought himself to. He is so desperate that he begins to take care of pigs. Verse 14 of Luke chapter 15 says this. He began to be in need. Say that with me. He began to be in need. You see, growth, whether it happens for the prodigal son or whether it happens for each and every one of us, it begins with a precipitating event or a pivotal circumstance. Maybe you hit rock bottom. Maybe, maybe something causes you to be laid out flat on the ground and you're left looking up, okay? Okay. But when you've made decisions that leave you in a life-altering place, that's one of the precipitating events that we need to waken us up. And that's the first A, awakening. And so I want you to think about this. Verse 17 says this, he, when he came to his senses. What was he? He was awakened. Say the word awakened. Okay? When he came to his senses, he was awakened. Think about this. The prodigal is flat broke, flat on his back, flat worn out, and when he was lying there on his back looking up, he realized that the people who worked for his father had it better than he did. 
and he had turned his back on his father and his community, and now he was starting to come to his senses that he needed to change. Have you been there? I mean, we've probably been there to some degree, that we come to a place of awakening in our life where, where we recognize I'm not where I need to be. Now, there's something that I want to think about with you about the prodigal's response here, because, you see, I, I think the prodigal son was lying there thinking about his, his home that he left and about what he could do if he went back home. And, and as he's thinking about going back home, I think there's two words that characterize what's going on in his life. The first word is shame, and the second word is guilt. I think he feels, he feels so full of shame for the fact that he, he wanted to walk away from everything, and, and he feels so much guilt that that was sort of the awakening moment for him. Now, let me run ahead in the story. Because, you see, for the prodigal son, what changed his life wasn't the shame and the guilt. But what changed his life was the love of his father. Listen, I don't know what it is you may have done in life, but shame and guilt will never perpetuate growth in your life. Shame and guilt will never perpetuate growth in your life. But the story of the prodigal son tells us what will, and that is knowing and experiencing the love of our Heavenly Father. That's what propels us to keep going. You see, I, I think had the prodigal son returned home and the only thing he experienced any longer in his life was shame and guilt, I think before too long he would have gotten it in his mind, I don't want to hang around here any longer, and he would have taken off again. Because you see, shame and guilt don't keep us growing. But the love of the Father, the love of the Father will always keep us growing. Because when we realize what we've done and how much we are loved by our Father in heaven, the more we will recognize that we don't want to go back to what we used to be, but we will continue to grow into who God wants us to be. Life-changing awakening is sustained by the love of the Father, but awakening isn't the only thing we need to have. If this is going to be a true aha moment, we need to come to the H, and the H stands for honesty, and really what we want to talk about today is brutal honesty. We need to be brutally honest. I think the prodigal son had a long conversation with himself while he was laying there in the pigsty. I think he had the kind of, of conversation where he, he had one of those heart-to-heart -heart conversations with himself where he sort of looked himself in the mirror. He didn't blame anybody else. He was just honest about his choices that had brought him to this point. And that honesty 
is what began to make the change possible. Because you see, what he did when he got honest with himself was he recognized, he recognized the things that he had done to hurt his father. And so he wanted to change that relationship. He wanted to change that relationship, and he did that through repentance. Now, here's something that, that we need to understand about that big churchy word, repentance. Repentance is, is having this, this turning around kind of thing, changing our mind, going in a different direction. And when we do that, what we have to do is we have to be brutally honest with ourselves, and we have to be brutally honest with God, and we need to confess the fact that we screwed up. We screwed up. And so we find ourselves laying here in a pigsty. That's being brutally honest. John wrote this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. He, he said, if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just and will forgive us and cleanse us. But it starts by being brutally honest with ourselves. Now, James says something as well. James, the brother of Jesus, who wrote this little book at the end of the New Testament, he makes a statement. He says in James 5.16, he says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Anybody want to do that this morning? No, nobody wants to do that, of course. But why does it say that in Scripture? It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, let me, let me tell you something. A few years back, I, I was at a conference over at the, over at the Catholic Church, and, and we had people from all different faith traditions who were there. And, and there was this one, I think it was, a, I think it was a, an Orthodox church, and they, the, the, the spiritual leader of that church got up, and he was talking talking about something that their church does every, every year during Lent. And what they have is an evening of confession. And everyone in the church, you're going to love this, everyone in the church gets in a big circle and goes around and confesses whatever they've done wrong to somebody else in the church. And you know what? I came back from that conference. I think Sarah was there with me. And I came back from the conference and I said, we got to do this. <laughs> and everybody on the staff said, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. And you know why we didn't do it? Because we're afraid of confession. And we're especially afraid of confessing things in front of each other. But James says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Well, what's James talking about here? He's talking about having a community of faith around us where when we confess to one another, what we really find in one another is the power of community to help our transformation continue. Because, you see, when we are awakened and we are brutally honest with ourselves, what we need are brothers and sisters who are going to come alongside of us and hold us accountable. Somebody who's going to say to us, how are you doing with getting past what you were doing? How are you growing?
That's what we need. That's why we need a community of faith, because we need people around us who can, who can keep our growth happening. Because we need people who can help us in that healing process. And it happens when we're brutally honest, not only with ourselves, but when we're brutally honest with one another. So let's make two big circles. And uh, I'm not going to make you do that this morning. I, I just, I wanted to applaud you for last week being willing to get in a circle. That was wonderful. Um, so the, the, the prodigal son had an awakening. He was brutally honest with himself. And you have to have three parts. Otherwise, this aha thing doesn't work. You can't leave one out. You have to have all three. He's awakened. He's honest. And, well, look what verse 20 says. Verse 20 says this. Go ahead and put the slide up there. He got up. Where's the prodigal son been all this time? He's had his awakening, and he's been brutally honest with himself while he's been laying in a pigsty. And he could have stayed there. And would there have been any transformation in his life? Would he have grown had he stayed there? No. Because, you see, awakening and honesty require action. And you can't leave any one of those three out. Awakening is hard, <laughs> you know? It can be like an alarm goes off and you have an awakening. Honesty, being brutally honest with ourselves, identifying the things that we've done wrong, that's hard. But you also know that the hardest thing to do out of these three is to take the first step, to take a step of action. That's the hardest part of growth. That's, what real transfer, that's when real transformation happens. And do you think it was easy for that prodigal son to get out of the pigsty? I don't think so. I think while he was laying there, he probably ran through every possible scenario of what he could say and what his father would say. And so do you think the first step was the hardest, the one where he actually got up and took a step forward? I think that might have been the hardest step, just stepping out of the pigsty. But what about the second step? I bet you that was equally hard because he realized he was now moving. And he kept making step after step after step. And I think I can just picture in my mind that this prodigal son is taking a step and he stops for a moment because he realizes that the next step is going to take him up that hill where he's going to be able to look over the hill and he's going to be able to look down and he's going to be able to see where his father's farm is. And I think that's the hardest step. Because, because what's he feeling? He's feeling shame and guilt. And he doesn't know if he wants to put that next foot down because then it's going to be real. 
And remember, I said shame and guilt don't, don't carry our, our, our healing. They don't carry true transformation. So I think what happened was that when he put that next foot down and he could see over the hill, I think his father was sitting on the porch and saw his head pop up over the hill, and the father knew in that instant that his, father, that his son was coming home, and he did what no good Jewish father would ever do. He pulled up his robe, and he started running up that hill towards his son. And I can imagine that the prodigal's thinking, oh God, he's going to kill me when he gets up here. And what did the father do? The father wrapped his arms around him, and he called for people. He said, we're going to have a party. He said, get him a ring, get him a pair of shoes, get, the, get him a bath, you know, because he stinketh. Whew. You see, you have to act if you're going to grow. And you have to take a step of faith if you're going to grow. You can have an awakening. You can be brutally honest about the facts, but, but, but it comes to a point where you have to act. And, and for some of you today, the alarm's been going off, and maybe you've been hitting snooze, and maybe some of you have just gotten so used to the sound of the alarm that you don't even hear it anymore. But before you find yourself in the next pivotal circumstance, you need to wake up. You need to wake up. Because God's been speaking to you and you need to listen. You need to come to your senses and be brutally honest with yourself and recognize that you're not going to have to live in shame because the Father loves you. But ultimately what you have to do is you have to take that first step. You have to take that first step. For some of you, the challenge of growing as a disciple of Jesus is going to begin today. You see, because it's going to matter what you do when you get up from your seat today and you take a step. See, if you, if you walk out the door, if you've been having a conversation with yourself and there's been some awakening taking place in you, if you get up from your seat today and, and you've been having a brutally honest conversation with yourself while I've been talking to you, if you don't take action, you can walk out that door and nothing is going to change. So what do you need to do? Well, years ago, I used to ask three questions at the end of a service. And so I'm going to ask those three questions of you one more time because they're going to put the A of action into this aha moment today. So here's the three questions that I'm going to ask you. And they're all based on this whole idea of our vision statement. Listen. Here's the first question. Because we're in this community of faith, with whom from this community of faith will you reflect on what you learned today? 
See, if you've had an awakening and you've come to, uh, to, to the brutal honesty of who you are and what needs to change in your life for you to grow as a disciple, if you walk out this door and don't talk to somebody about it, chances are you're going to forget till you get home and sit down at the dinner table. That's what happens to most of you on a, on a given Sunday. Statistically, in 72 hours, you will forget everything I have said if you don't talk about it with somebody. 72 hours is being gracious. Most of you will forget by the time you get to your car. With whom from this community of faith will you reflect on what you learned today? Number two, because we're being transformed by God's grace, what will you do in response? What's that action step that you need to take so that you will be transformed? This is what I said about that whole confession thing. We need, we need people around us who we can say to them, hey, listen, today, today God was speaking to me and I need to take this step of faith and I need you to pray for me, I need you to call me, I need you to, to, to do whatever you can to help me follow through. And last but not least, how will you inspire someone by sharing something you learned today? They, they tell us that the best way to solidify something you've learned is to teach somebody else. The way to solidify what you've learned is to teach someone else what you've learned. And so that's what I want to challenge you to think about today. How can you inspire somebody else by the growth that's happening in your life? It may simply be that when you leave here today, you're going to run into somebody who's going through something in their life that is making them ask questions of faith, and those questions of faith are either going to drive them closer to God or they are going to draw away from God. That's why we need to grow. Because when we grow, we'll be able to help other people grow. Awaken, honesty, action. You need all three to make an aha moment. Join me in a word of prayer. Thank you for joining us on the Linguistown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope you will leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more on www.lingostownlife.org. God bless you, and may you go forth and love God and love others.